Welcome, everybody, to Sippin' and Shippin'. I'm your host, Brian Weinstein. We'll be kicking it here every other Friday, quenching your thirst for an insider's take to enhance your customer experience. So grab your drink of choice, kick back, it's Sippin' and Shippin' time. All right, welcome, everybody, to another episode of Sippin' and Shippin'. I am your host, Brian Weinstein. As I am week to week or every other week with my <laughs> special co-host, Caitlin Postal. Yes, special. I'll take it. Hey, Brian. How are, how are you? you? Oh, I'm doing doing well. Getting into the summer. Feeling good. I can't believe we're in the summer. And I also can't believe that I saw like the next two weeks it's supposed to rain every day. No, bummer. No, no worries. Just more reason for folks to tune in every other Friday. If it's it, raining, might as well sit down, sip, ship, listen to some some great content. Exactly right. Exactly right. So we are going to recap. And so this is a, a kind of a special episode, right? This is episode number 42. Um, and 42, it's, I was telling Caitlin earlier, this is the number that's special to me, right? This is a number, I'm a huge baseball fan, and this was Jackie Robinson's number. And nothing could represent disruption more than what Jackie Robinson brought to baseball and really to the progress of, the, of our country overall. So this is kind of a cool episode to do that. I can always count on you for a good baseball reference, but yes, the 42 Jackie Robinson uh, disruption, which has been a huge buzzword uh, in our industry. I feel like not even just this year, but since e-commerce really exploded, disruption, right? A hundred percent. And, you know, it's a lot of fun watching what's going on. And, you know, I think part of the reason that, that you and I set out to create this podcast to begin with right, was because we wanted to get the voices of these subject matter experts who are really revolutionary in e-commerce, right? They're really changing the game, what, it's, what it was. I mean, look, it, it existed 15, 20 years ago, but not like it is today. And like it is today is worlds different than it was two months ago. Yeah, I think same, same is a thing of the past. Uh, younger generations are craving, wanting, desiring new things, uh, effective ways. And not to mention, there's there's a pop for any, lid for every pot out there, right? So I feel yes. like now with, with the TikTok phenomenon, like just people coming out of the woodwork, you never thought that you'd have uh, similar interests, but more importantly, uh, similar thinkers and folks that are thinking outside of what is typically just status quo, which is really exciting. Okay, but I remember back to early on um, in season one, we had Habib Salo from Young Nails on. And what resonated with me, and this is really around the conversation of disruption and just changing the game, was that they were never afraid to try something in their marketing efforts and whatever it was that was going to resonate with their audience. He's like, let's just throw it at the wall and see what sticks. And I like that. Yeah, I think it also speaks to something that we heard at our most recent leadership summit where um, one of our customers was on a panel and just looking to to us to be uh, an industry leader and a thought leader and said, don't wait for it to be perfect. You know, let's go show it to us when it's good. It doesn't right. have to be great, but, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Because if you wait for perfection, it'll never get done, right? You can't just, at, at some point, it's like starting a podcast, right? You can't practice right. to be a podcaster. Uh, you just got to show up and get to it. it, it exactly, exactly. And, it, and right now, it's become such a volatile world. And I don't, I don't even mean that in a, a way that's, that's a threatening volatility. It's just 
the way things are changing so quickly, so dramatically. You know, obviously COVID was a huge change. Then all of a sudden you have economic headwinds that weren't there. You've got companies that are strapped with inventory and looking to liquidate. Uh, and then trying to figure out what's next. And then brick and mortar was on, it was on the brink of, uh, of death. And then all of a sudden came roaring back. And now you've got all these e-commerce companies who were like, there's no way I'm going to sell my product in brick and mortar. And now they're selling their product in brick and mortar. And there's just so much changes going on that to your point, put it out there when it's good. Don't wait for it to be perfect because if you do, you're gonna miss opportunities. And there's always yeah, going to sure. be disruptions, but but talk about disruptions. You just you just listed all of them, Brian. So that's, <laughs> is, it, is it over? Is the episode over? All right, let's not get carried <laughs> away now. Uh, when I think of disruption, I think about one of our first season two guests, um, Jess Owens and Zach Whitaker from Greenlist. You know, returns the space of returns is something that we visit often on the pod, um, but they put a, a new spin on it um, as far as peer to peer returns, um, which Typically, some folks will think of it as consignment, but this they just came with something fresh. Um, most of the time, these inventions come from a story, something that happened. You know, she was shopping online. She wanted that size jacket. They didn't have it. Um, and she knew in her heart of heart somewhere in the nation, someone had that size medium jacket, size small jacket, whatever the case is. And the second that they sent it back, where does that product go? Why couldn't she have the opportunity to to have it sent directly from that end user to her, which is an interesting disruptive concept. We're having an impact, right? There's an impact going on with the way that we're consuming product now, right? And it, it does have environmental impacts. And this, this initiative amongst a lot of brands to find some way to be carbon neutral, to, be, uh, to really be more sustainable. And look, we don't know what's gonna work and what's not gonna work. We have to be out there trying to disrupt and look for ways. And I, I thought, you know, with Jess's product, and we should probably check back in with her to see, see how things are going. It's an interesting concept of the peer-to-peer, -peer, and it's just another way to help sort of re reduce the impacts, the negative impacts that we're having uh, with with all this product going here and there. Right? You know, there's just so much of it. When you think about, and this is probably Tanya, you could write this down as a as a future episode. But like, how <laughs> I was are thinking. we getting? How are we getting away from I have bags of clothes that I'm donating, but I know that not all those bags are going to make it to people and they're going to be tossed. You know, what kind of impact does that have? How are we getting out in front of that? Because, I mean, this has only been going on for a hundred years or so, and the population is booming and we're consuming more and more. You know, we have to look to be disruptive in those areas. For sure. And yeah, we really should check back in with, with Jess and see how that went. Maybe we could link her up with Maya Benson, a rock star in the venture capitalist space. Uh, she was she was a great episode. Love to hear her insight. I think we recorded with her the day that the Silicon Valley bank uh, just went under, which was, she didn't seem distracted, but uh, she brought some of that energy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it was, a, you know, fortunately, I think we skated and made it across some some thin ice there with, with, with the bank collapse and, and and hopefully that's the end of it. I know there was a couple of others, but hopefully they're they're out in front of that and we don't have any issues. And it was a very stressful time for for a lot of smaller companies uh, that had their money there. Uh, Maya is bringing great 
great insight into the industry and she's you know investing in some and in some tremendous brands um to really see what's out there but she did talk about how just with everything going on in the economy money was sitting on the sidelines right now uh and and you know there was great companies out there still looking for funding but until until everybody had a a clearer picture of where the economy was heading they probably no one was really going to be rushing in to make those investments as of yet. Right, and then if you take the the approach of like, uh, let's go glass half full, yes, the money's on the sideline, but now this is driving some really disruptive behavior. Uh, only the best of the best are, are floating to the top um, in, in getting that, that funding and being able to get invested. So just bringing a higher quality, I think is how she um, expressed it of founders and entrepreneurs because those barriers are so high, um, just, just driving that overall disruption. Yeah, absolutely. And and what I you know what I love about Maya too is I think she her her organization spent a lot of time uh, investing in female founded businesses, which is great, uh, well deserved and well needed space that needed to be recognized. And then somewhere right after that, I think it was right. No, maybe it was right before I got hijacked. I got. I got kicked off the podcast for an episode. You did. You did. That's right. And when you said it, I felt like, oh, my goodness, hijacked. It sounds so bad. But come on. It was great. Women's History Month. Um, we had our, our very own uh, Eva DiCecco. We had Ella Monarch. Uh, and we had Bree Chapman on, which I really loved leading that discussion with those ladies. Really admire and respect them. Um, and just they're, they're bosses. And they do their thing. And I loved uh, when Eva just spoke to the fact of having a seat at the table. Uh, just in general, whether that's uh, children all the way through female leaders and everyone in between, how do we create that equity and really just use our voice to drive change? Uh, I thought that was really cool to hear it from one of our internal leaders. You know, it's it's interesting because having, when I first entered the workforce, there was definitely more chauvinism that was there. Um, but it was interesting. So when we had Joanne Marciano, who's one of my favorite people to work with on the episode, she said, and we're around the same age, she said that she had a great experience when she entered. She felt like the men that she was at the table with gave her and, 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 and allowed her to have her voice which was interesting because you didn't always see that early on in, in our careers. And I remember feeling somewhat uncomfortable in some, at, at, in some rooms because I didn't feel like there was enough uh, voice given to the, to the female leaders. So that was great to hear that she had that experience um, and that she had you know, good female leadership as mentors, but also that she found some mentors uh, in some of the men that she worked with that, that helped give rise to her. And, you know, speaking of a boss, total boss lady right there. Yeah, and it was interesting that that was her experience across all segments within this business um, because she started at, you know, I think she started at Old Navy, um, hopped around, and then what, she, well, she first started in retail um, and then going to Old Navy and then eventually going, graduating up until to, I think, what is she now, Brian, the COO of Grace and Clothier. So yeah. I think it's, it's, a, a good point to see that that was her experience across all of those channels, right. which is well, which is great. Is it, it Clothier just and not like Postal? Okay, that, I knew so that's where it was clothier? going. It's, all right, yes, it's Clothier. Caitlin <laughs> <laughs> Postel. I just, just want to make sure. It's, it's my next stop after Target. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if we're going to frenchify, frenchify everything, that's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> ha ha, let's get oh. it. Wee <laughs> oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> 
Why do we all talk with these accents? We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't. <laughs> but it is Clothier. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we wrapped up season two in Women's Month with Julia Perez, who is CMO. I think we said fashionista turned CMO of Owen. Uh, she brought up an interesting point of just how brands are, are communicating to end users and the use of SMS, especially during and post-COVID. SMS, right? Brands that you love and admire sending you text messages. I never thought I would see it. Uh, sometimes I love it. Sometimes I don't. Um, but it's been effective for sure. It definitely drives me when I see a, a text message come through. If it's something that piques my interest, I'm heading right to that website uh, to see what's hot and new, what's trending, uh, as, as I usually am, just to, to be a, ahead of the curve. And, you know, being ahead of the curve, right, and, and, and understanding and changing and evolving and using different marketing messages. You know, we had uh, Arthur Fitt on from, from Reed's Jewelers who talked about when he was at Avon, right, a business that was basically selling door-to-door. -door. It was having the parties. It was, it was that type of business and transforming that business into a much more online present business where you could go on and place your orders, yet not having conflict with your boots on the ground salespeople who are still selling within their communities and, and how you can transform that whole digital aspect of a legacy company and make it something you know that, that's, that's more relevant to the market in e-commerce. I thought that was a great episode, and I thought it was a great the way you know you, you, the way you have Arthur, who's talking about some of these more legacy businesses, versus Julia, who's really talking more about like these digitally native newer companies and how they're transforming their marketing. For sure, yeah. Arthur gave a lot of great insights, some gems, his 90-day plan. And for someone to be a chief uh, information and chief technology officer, I liked how he brought it back to people, which uh, which is interesting. And I think it's something that we realize within the business, too. As much as you can automate and robots and chat GPT, um, people are, are the main drivers. Um, he talked about mentorship, which is something that came up a ton between season two and season three, the power of the mentor um, and the importance as a leader a coach to understand each of the folks that you're working with, their capabilities, their strengths, and how you can use that to drive overall success within or an organization. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, really building an organization where you're eventually going to be replaced, right, which right. is a good thing. I mean, that was his ultimate goal was find the right team, structure, and person to replace him. Yeah, the power of the succession plan. You know it, the person knows it, the team knows it. Let's get it. We got to move forward. Of course, there's success at this time, but who's gonna, who are you going to pass the baton to? Exactly. Pun, in, pun intended with the baton <laughs> reference. Big nice. R. There you go. Big R. There you go. <laughs> R world. Look it up. <laughs> speaking, speaking of the big R, I, I picture a big, like, uh, your alma mater, the big R, the Rutgers, yes. right, going from, and then I also picture, like, a varsity jacket, right, when you get that right. big letter, moving from JV to varsity, uh, something that we've talked about a ton, I think, even from back in season one, we had uh, Chelsea, Chelsea Jones, um, from Chelsea and Rachel Co. Um, and her kind of tips and tricks of being able to elevate and bringing the business to the next level, uh, whether that's a facelift from the site, optimizing your tech stack, using post-purchase SMS, whatever the case is, going from what we call like emerging into enterprise, JV to varsity, let's go. 
Right. Well, I mean, so their organization focuses on the really the center of the e-com ecosystem, which is Shopify. Right. Or seemingly Shopify. And, and, and steering brands, but but also, you know, making sure that those brands understand that sometimes, you know, less is more. And that's better in their, in, in to really navigate their company. Yeah, keeping things simple, less is more, uh, using technology to meet customers where they are, um, communicate to them how they want to be communicated to, and most importantly, just adaptability. Uh, how can you stay nimble as you grow? I think some folks fear that they lose some of that nimbleness for going from startup as the business scales, um, but being able to leverage some of those tips and tricks, I think, was was a key takeaway in that episode. Yeah, and, and again, this... Uh, Going back to adaptability, adaptability, being disruptive, being understanding that what's effective right now may not be effective by Friday, right? And yeah. you just have to continue to try. Right. Talk about, in that case, Brian Tigner, 31 Gifts. Right. You think you might think he's touched a ton on the whole conversation was about customization, personalization. You know, you start out as a founder, you're writing notes, handwriting notes. OK, that's cool when you're doing 50 orders a week. Now you're doing 500. Now you're doing 5000. You better find someone that has very identical handwriting to you or you better find a solution that's going to be able to keep giving that experience or maybe pivot from that experience. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We, we've had some opportunities along the way, I think, to your point around like handwriting notes. And, and it's great. And I understand that everyone wants to find a way to resonate with their audience. They want to be able to have these loyal customers with, with certain expectations. But as you begin to scale your company, if you want to scale your brand, if you want to reach a broader audience, or even, even just extend the audience beyond what you currently have, but maybe with that same type of interest group, you have to think through what is going to work, what is what is scalable and what's not. Um, and, you know, Brian Tigner, I think, did a great job of, of talking about uh, personalization, setting expectations, maybe limiting the scope of what you're giving while you're still giving value to the customer, whether it's embroidery, uh, embellishments of some kind, em embossing, engraving, anything like that. But what, what can you do that can extend beyond your audience you know that you can that so if you if you go 2x 3x 10x that you can still produce and 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 reach and exceed your customers expectations right and can't be everything to everyone but planning for today but really thinking forward what does that look like a year two years out um, even just something as simple as monogramming um, just really exploded. How do you do that? How do you now be able to have that throughput? You always say it, you've said it since the beginning. Um, it's math, the numbers are the numbers. Whether you have 5,000 orders or 50 orders, this amount that can go through that process is the same. So how do you make sure that you can really maximize that or think outside of the box or maybe be a little disruptive and saying, how can I partner with a true expert to be able to execute and have your vision come to life, which is always cool to see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, look, we all we all have our areas of expertise, um, and relying on the experts is is what's going to help you continue to scale uh, in your growth trajectory. Um, or if you partner with the wrong people, and regardless of the service, it could be a software, it could be a three PL, it could be anything a manufacturer. If you partner with the wrong people, it will it will only hinder your ability to scale. Right. And the most successful, I think, of the brands that we have seen 
are ones that have, have made sure they've aligned with the right partners and put themselves in the best positions um, moving forward. And then there's, of course, there's a little bit of luck involved with all of that. But, you know, that's that's what's going to give you the best odds to continue to grow your business. Yeah. Speaking of appropriately partnering and leveling up and uh, we had Terry and Rob, our very own automation team on talking about the use of automation and doing it strategically and not just jumping on the bandwagon. Right. A lot of ROI discussion, a lot of um, pairing together people with technology, not just, you know, you get a robot, you get a robot. You know, we all love uh chat gpt but how are you using it effectively and what, what's the power of of people that are driving technology i really like that conversation of kind of uh, abc one two threes of auto of automation yeah exactly and look automation is not for everybody might not be for you right now um there are always repeatable tasks where you might be able to replace them with some you know relatively inexpensive piece of automation, you know, let it be an auto bagger or something along those lines. Don't go out there and just think to your point, Caitlin, then you get a robot and you get a robot. It just doesn't work that way. And it may not be the right fit for you. So, so be, be smart about how you move it forward and, and what you're investing your dollars in. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head with the money, right? It's so sensitive right now. Um, folks are thinking twice about spend, but if it does make sense and the ROI is there and you think that this is a business that's not going to change too much, and I think that was kind of the overarching theme too, right? Automation is cool, but now how can you pair automations together as business evolves? Um, and I forget what his quote was. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but just basically that's, that not consistency is the enemy, of, right. of, of automation. Yeah, because that was then, a great quote. And I don't remember what it was either. I'm surprised. Was, I was I was leaning on you for that one. I, I know. And I'm, I'm trying to... <laughs> Tanya, help us. Do you know? Okay, so we talked about the economics of all of this. Any predictions about what's what the future holds here? Oh, man. It's hard to say. I mean, we're halfway through 23. Is the shallowness coming? Uh, is, is the mark coming up? I don't know. I, I feel like... We're starting to see some movement, but I'm not too sure, Brian. What do you think? There's definitely mixed signals. Uh, you know, business is a little bit softer just in the sales space of what we're seeing our brands do. Um, people are diversifying. So I think it's, again, they're, everyone's trying to be innovative within their own world. And I do believe that will propel people and get people set up for success coming out of it. So they're exploring different channels. They're exploring different marketing efforts. Um, I, the consumers are still there. You know, there, there have been some layoffs, but I don't know that the economy right now is in terrible shape. I mean, I, st I still feel like there is, uh, the unemployment is relatively low. And I see people starting to gear up for 24, which is a good sign. I do think we still have to work through some inventory um that our customers i know are, are trying to liquidate and go in that direction so i feel like what i'm seeing are people making the right moves for six to eight months from now yeah i think it's important now to leverage these relationships and partnerships and uh being able to work closely and collaborate to to make sure that 
everything is going as planned, but more importantly, when everything does pop, that you're well positioned uh, to be able to utilize and really leverage existing partnerships uh, because we all know that moving is super expensive and making a lot of changes during this time. I don't think the wallet warrants it. And uh, just to be able to solidify uh, that wh where you are is the right place to be, or maybe it's time to to jump ship in six, eight months. I don't know. I think this this upcoming peak season is going to be very pivotal and very, uh, it's going to, it's going to, make people think one way or, no, or another. Yeah, I do believe it's gonna be telling. Um, you know, where people are spending the money because they still believe there's there's money out there. And, uh, you know, you, you can only scream recession so many times before people say, maybe I should stop spending as much. But will they turn towards travel and leisure? Will they turn towards buying product? What what is going to what's going to be the prevailing attitude as we start to feel like okay we're maybe we've hit bottom and we're starting to come back up. Fair enough. I wish that I had a Jackie Robinson reference to kind of pull this together, Brian. But I'll leave that to you on the spot. Go on the spot. So are we going to steal home? Oh, well, you have to because the budget doesn't allow you to just buy it. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. No, you know what? It's it, so this has been, and again, I, you know, the 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 podcast overall for me has been extremely rewarding. Um, having all these great guests on that are, are really these subject matter experts that are, you know, opening my eyes to certain aspects of the of the business uh, that I really was not did not have any expertise in, did not really have any knowledge in, has uh, been has been great. And we're looking forward to a, a, a long list of guests, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So brands, as you're facing outside parameters, the uncontrollable, Jackie Robinson, let your talent shine, stick to the course, fundamentals. It'll, it'll turn, it'll turn. Exactly and if all that right. fails, just steal home. Just steal home, <laughs> just steal home. You want to walk us out? Sure. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Jackie Robinson. Thank you, producer Tanya. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you tune in every other Friday on your favorite podcast platform or at sippinandshippin.com. Thank you, everybody. Peace.